calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. The MCU, House of the Dragon, The Rings of Power, Severance, The Northmen? What do all these have in common? (laughs) Things we will not be talking about on this, the 2022 IGN UK Alternative Movie and TV Awards. Snappy little title, isn't it? Matt and Matt. Absolutely. I like it. Both Matt's in the building. It's a rare treat. Um, is if you first double mat, no, it the first we've double? done it. Oh, the, the live one? episode was a double mat it's as well. True. Yeah, the live show as well mm-hmm. definitely had double mat, didn't it? Um, if you haven't listened to one of these before, these are our completely made up award categories mm-hmm. for things we liked in entertainment this year. So you're not going to get your best movie, your best performance, your best screenplay. Those are boring awards. Everyone else gives those. We've got, you know, you read that on the ridic- website. Exactly. Yeah, we're not. You know, these aren't necessarily the best things we saw this year. Some of them will be. These are just awards we want to give out for things we want to mention. I don't know, like best dog that ate a carrot uh, in space, for example. That's not an award, but that could be if you, if you uh, as a I film you enjoyed. Dogs in space. No, no, it no. might be in there. Did that happen in Lightyear? No, there's a cat in space. Well, in it's a robot cat as well. Yeah, the good thing about that film. Yeah, yeah. The uh, one good thing I about completely that. Completely forgotten about Lightyear. <laughs> oh, that was a shame. Anyway, why don't we get on to those awards? I mean, who wants to? Does, does anyone want to go first here? Um, maybe I'll do the Wheel of Names. Shall I get the Wheel of Names out? <laughs> the Wheel of Names is always fun. Um, let me get. Uh, let me do this. It's great. Just remember to here. cut this dead air and post. No, no, <laughs> no. People love this. People absolutely. It makes it authentic, you know. Just a couple of lads hanging out. I love it. The wheel is spinning, and it is Matt with two T's. Okay. So I forgot my own name there for a second. That's, <laughs> like, that's me, isn't? Oh no, wait. <laughs> I'm the superior tea master. Yeah, that's an extra one. <laughs> or maybe I'm more efficient. Maybe I'm more streamlined. Well, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Where are you going first? With an We're going to go for the Breaking Bad version 2.0 award. I wonder what's winning that. For Barry. 
It's season not three. Better Call Saul season six. It's Little not. twist you put in there. Exactly. <laughs> oh, there we go. Little English mustard on there. <laughs> um, I know this is one of those shows I really should have watched some of by now because people love it. It is. You especially, I think. Yeah. Are, oh, I don't know what that, what does that mean? I think you've got discerning taste and you like a little <laughs> bit of, you like a little drama, you like a little comedy. Yeah. And know? I really like Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. So I really should have watched So this. So this is uh, an astonishing season. And what I'm going to do is like, I'm, Aware, I think Barry is, I guess, the term underwatched. So I'm mm-hmm. aware that many listeners also will be in the same boat, Simon. So I'm going to not delve yeah. too much into the season three kind of spoilers. Yeah. But Bill Hader is incredible, not just as an actor, but he directed a lot of the episodes that oh, are wow. in this season. I genuinely think he should get an action movie after this. Yeah, but yeah. He, it's- I, well... I want to mm-hmm. see him. Sorry, I'm just getting text messages through oh. that are vibrating. Put that over there. Still um, hate us. It is still hate us. Thank you for the buzz. Thank you so much. Um, I want to see him do a horror film after this. Oh. I think he's got absolutely the chops for horror. I want Superbad too. <laughs> well, you can do that. But obviously, the the re- you know I've called it the Breaking Bad 2.0 award, mm. and some of it, some of that's on the surface in that kind of like it is about a man that's kind of doing bad shit because he's a hitman and trying to integrate into normal society. And there is a certain amount of kind of the Walter White story there, watching that man kind of like become increasingly horrific as time goes on. But whereas Breaking Bad is very much the story of, of like just your general man on the street becoming that, there's a twist to, to kind of Barry in that like he is from the very start an unhinged murderer and he's trying to integrate and sort of protect himself by being in... The show is about him being in an acting troupe, basically. And by season three, you're starting to see the repercussions of trying to keep that up. Mm. And I think Bill Hader does this incredibly. But the real Breaking Bad uh, stuff that I want to bring it to is, is the way that kind of it's directed. I think Bill Hader's direction particularly is amazing, but he's his other directors that work on this show with him and... I can't remember the name of the guy that actually showruns this. Jay, is it Jay something? I will find that out for you now. Um, But their direction, it's the first time since Breaking Bad where I've seen absolutely incredible creative use of camera angles and the way that cameras are pulled through scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, And horror does this. Horror is very, very creative with its camera work. And that's why I'm always like, wow, Bill Hader would be very good at horror. But like you say, very good at action as well. The way that this conveys its action scenes with real kind of horrible heft and crunch. I, I think, I mean, it's going to be the thing anybody talks about from mm-hmm. this season, obviously, but it's the bike chase. Yes. The like, the way that it follows on a locked shot mm-hmm. following a bike, but then the individual music uh, pulls of yeah. like going past cars and they've all got other things that they're doing mm-hmm. with their day, right? These yeah. are people that are just living their lives and you get a glimpse of a moment of it. Mm-hmm. It's something that other directors probably wouldn't have thought about and it's so interesting and it absolutely makes that scene. In tone, it's, it is like a dark comedy, is it? Is it got, is it got, but more, this season is significantly more, darker. Yeah. Than okay, the other they're two going of them. less away in from both the comedy. comedy. The comedy mm-hmm. is like even more barbed than it's ever been. Um, but it's yeah, kind Alec of, Berg. By Alec way, Berg. Mm-hmm. That's the also guy. exact producer on Kirby Enthusiasm, which is an all-time mm-hmm. favorite for me. So I can see if it's got some of that sort of dark humor. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is, as you know, you've alluded to there, Matt. This is the one where kind of like because the darkness is so dark in this. Yes, the funnier moments are even more like if you don't get humor, they just don't become funny anymore. But this is dealing with like characters at their lowest kind of point. 
There are, which means that like it opens up the door for incredible feats of acting. Sarah Goldberg, who plays the female lead in this, a character called Should Sally. Should have been better recognized this year. Yeah, honestly. yeah. Like, it's I, a, a total mistake. I voted her for the IGN Awards as the best actor that has been in anything mm. this year. I think she is absolutely fucking incredible. And when you... Bill Hader is amazing in this. Like, genuinely the best role I think he's ever done. But when, you know, I can say that kind of like, you know, Sarah Goldberg, I... I, I don't know her from anything else. I only know her from this. And I think that she should be in a million other shows at this point because of how good she's been in in this show. Um, the amount of... Uh, you were saying to me, Matt, uh, earlier, this idea that there's one scene where you get to see her run like the gamut of every emotion a character could possibly mm-hmm. go. It's true. She gives you everything yeah. in just a single scene. And it's like... Yeah, it's really raw. Um, and it doesn't feel for... Mm-hmm. You know, that it loses that sense that there's a script behind it. Yeah. She just she just gives you it. I've um yeah, I've been looking for like a new Christmas series, a new mm-hmm. but series of binge. It. And I feel like, yeah, this might it might be time for me to start because what there's it's a good thirty odd episodes now, wouldn't there? So. No, well there's I think yeah. there's about I think. Yeah. just a little bit under. I think it's eight or nine episodes okay. a season. They're only half an hour. And I tell you what, in terms of what they pack mm-hmm. into half yeah. an hour, there's so much character and plot development. Like it's so perfectly paced. Um, and another shout out to Henry Winkler again an actor that you're seeing in a completely mm. different light mm. to what you've seen and his character in this uh, dealing with the aftermath of tragedy in season 2 and I, uh, there's always that line right between comedy and kind of tragedy like obviously Shakespeare mm. was very famous for kind of playing around with that but his obviously it's his comedic chops that he's had from like a career of being a comedy actor using to demonstrate yeah. a character at their lowest. This might be a little bit too deep for this like kind of surface level recommendation mm-hmm. that we're doing. But I think Hen- Henry Winkler's character this season is so cool in that he is on this like journey of self-improvement, mm-hmm. but he's only on it because everything's going his way when he tries yeah. to improve. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as soon as he comes up against any sort of resistance to that improvement, mm-hmm. then he's having trouble with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's this like sense of like, oh, I'm doing the right thing. But I'm also benefiting from the right thing. Mm-hmm. So when it's actually trouble, then he doesn't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And I like, think yeah. like everything that you say there, you know, like I'm pleased that you, you're willing to dig that sort of far on a surface mm-hmm. recommendation because I hope that that gives you the idea of like, yes, this is a 30 minute HBO comedy that maybe even if you watch the first two or three episodes of season one, you might be like, I think I get the idea of this. It's kind of a dark comedy about a dude that goes around shooting people for money. And don't it's, get me wrong, it's in there. It's yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like, it has such emotional and character depth. Like it is, I, I genuinely think it's one of the best TV shows I've seen. I'll, I'll, I'll go out there. I think it's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm definitely so check give it out, card if you got a minute. I'm definitely going. Yeah, it sounds like you know we tend to agree on these things. It almost sounds like it has some sort of the early Dexter to it as well. A little. The, bit. There's certainly a, an amount of that, yeah, and kind of like how Dexter kind of like mined those characters to find mm. kind of like. But it's sillier, is yeah. the thing. Yeah, it's much sillier it's, than that. Its action scenes have such a good sense of the slapstick about them, mm. even though they can be very grim. It, that does sound like a bit of where the Kirby enthusiasm comes mm-hmm. in, like just you know ridiculous scenarios and ordinary like yeah. scenarios mm-hmm. mixing to just stupid effect the, there's a headshot in i think it's the end of season one that i'll always remember because of just the way that it's so funny yeah. it's it's horrible like it's proper hbo blood and gore effects mm-hmm. but it's just genuinely a real good punchline yeah that'd be my one for you i know i've, I've been trying to get you to watch kirby enthusiasm i will for about get to two it. to three years yeah. gotta do it 
It's unbelievable. A lot of headshots in it. Oh, God, it's good. <laughs> um, my favourite episode is Kamikaze Bingo, which I rewatched <laughs> last week. It sounds incredible. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't, I'm not going to spell it. it arguably the last, best last five seconds of any television episode I've ever nice. seen. Unbelievable. So that's good. HBO's Barry. Or is yes. it FX, actually? Is it, uh, is it? It's HBO. It's HBO, got the big HBO. Yeah. Bzzz, I'm sure it's on Sky Atlantic over here. I think so, yeah. Oh, you'll find a way. Um, Matt, what's your first award? Oh, is it me? Uh, yeah, so, we'll go clockwise. Uh, my treat for everyone knowing what order we're sitting in a room in a circular, a triangular Ooh. formation. Um, my first award, it has a runner-up as well. Oh, it's um, always good to have a runner-up. Did you have a runner-up for a Breaking Bad alike? Uh, no, I saw Dex- <laughs> the Dexter reboot. Mm. I've not watched the Dexter. Like, it's it's, it, well, it's a, it is very it more good. of a requel, is um, it, or a straight sequel? It's a, it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was much better than how the original show ended. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, Matt. So this category is the sickest movie for bros, <laughs> and the runner-up for this uh, for this category is the movie Bros, <laughs> which just wasn't very funny. Honestly, no, it's, it's a not, shame because yeah. I have no idea sad. what that is. It's the comedy with Billy Eichner of right. uh, Parks and Rec. It and held Billy so much Street promise, fame. and then yeah, yeah. Panic just unfortunately wasn't funny. Yeah, yeah. Just the, yeah. the jokes don't see, really. See, see, when you say bros, mm-hmm. I just in my, when I when I see that word, all I can think is bros. The, oh, when the, the, the documentary. Not, yeah. Oh my god, that, that, that is one of the best comedies yeah. of the last ten years, <laughs> unintentionally so, yeah. or intentionally. I think the director definitely knows that film's a oh, comedy. God, it's <laughs> anybody in it doesn't. God. Anyway, sorry, Matt. So we the keep actual, the, the the actual sickest movie for Bros <laughs> is uh, RRR. Another one that is on my watch list. I need to get it done. Um, all right, uh, I'm yeah, telling you I'm, now. If you're not if you're not familiar with this genre of filmmaking, it's like a it's a Tollywood. So it's like um, it, it's from India, but. Uh, it's a little bit different from Bollywood. It's more like action superhero-y focused. Yeah. Um, it's about real historical figures. There's some creative license that's worth knowing before you go in, but it doesn't it doesn't impact the film. But there is some definite like um, political engineering that is going on with uh, like how certain real life figures are depicted. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to go too deep into that. But um, it's. It's three hours long, and I wish it was eight. <laughs> Is it three hours of just, as far as I know, it's three hours of just nonstop ludicrous things. Happen. So, yeah, everything in it is, like, it turned up to 11. Even, there are some bits of it that are quite slow, but the melodrama really builds to a lot of, like, creative mm-hmm. and interesting moments for the characters. And it's worth having in there, even if I was looking at my watch a bit during it. Mm-hmm. But when the action hits, it just, it doesn't stop. It's got, a, I don't want to say too much about it, because so, like, some of the things that happen in it are so surprising. Yeah. I guess the first thing that happens is a lad gets in a fight with a tiger and he wins. Yeah, um, Always a good start. Yeah, there's a bit, yeah, this one's in the trailers. He, he jumps out of a burning truck with a bunch of animals to... Yes, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I've it, seen this. Um, every scene is unlike anything that you've ever seen in an action movie before. It's completely unreplaceable. Uh, you gotta, you gotta watch this damn thing. It almost it's on sounds Netflix like as well. It is it? It's easy to see. You yeah. want to? Tr- I think it's the Hindi version, which I don't know if the, is the is original. The, tele- the Telugu version. Yeah, that's the, the one original. you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a. I didn't know this before going in. There's a dance number in it. And the dance number is better than some of the action scenes. What? And the action scenes are amazing. <laughs> what What is the different story between the Hindu and the 
It's Hint. just a dubbed the, version. Right, so okay. Yeah. So, so why is it better to watch one than the other? It's the original. Oh, okay. Like, so, yeah, the right. Telugu is the, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be the subbed. Mm-hmm. The Hindi will be the right. dubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to, like you said, it's over three hours. Like, I, I struggle to, mm-hmm. I managed to sneak in a two-hour film last night. So, you know. Maybe it's one. Is it one you could theoretically watch in two or three sets, or do you just want to sit so. down and absorb? Uh, yeah, there are definite break points in it. Like yeah. I do think that you could probably treat it as a like long bingeable series. As we'll get onto later, I'm I'm not averse to a foreign language film, but th- three hours mm-hmm. of subtitle can be, get a bit of a, after a long day of work. It can be a bit a bit hard work. But um, I suppose can, is it easily broken or has it got like a three act structure that you could watch yeah. it as? Oh, I completely agree. And like, I suppose yeah. Yeah, so much of it is reliant on dance and muse. Um, action that mm-hmm. you know you when can, that you, sequence is over you know exactly. put it put it down go have a little cup of tea and, yeah yeah you're not gonna be doing too much reading during a, a tiger fight are you no <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but i the reason that it's the sickest movie for bros yeah though, we haven't even gone to yeah why is the the uh i hate the word bromance but i can't think of a better replacement in this instance <laughs> that it is just a story about two lads that like discover each other and become the fastest, most earnest friends ever. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it depicted on a, on a in a film before about this like really positive masculine friendship. Mm-hmm. That if you if you got bros in your life, you know you'll <laughs> this will go right to your heart. I'd fight a tiger with any. Yeah, <laughs> they fight tigers separately. There's oh, wow. d- different instances of yeah, tiger I fighting. I, I wouldn't fancy by myself taking on a tiger. Uh, I'm going to do my first award. And this is the obvious one. I'm going to get the big one out of the way. Um, the award is for sequel I didn't know I needed, but ended up loving. The runner-up, I do have a runner-up, is Prey, mm-hmm. the new Predator film. Mm. I was at the point in my life where I was like, I don't need any more Predator films. Then they made a good one. And then they made a bloody good one, didn't they? Mm-hmm. That's my runner-up. We won't go too deep into that if you haven't watched Prey. It's on Disney Plus of all places. I'd thoroughly recommend. But my winner, of course... Is Top Gun Maverick? What mm. a movie! Uh, movie magic. Uh, oh. I just need any chance to talk about Top Gun Maverick again. Really, um, I really enjoy Top Gun the original. Like, I think it's fun. It's a cheesy film. Take a pinch of salt. It's not an all-time favorite film. It's like I think it's somewhere near two hundred in my list of like mm-hmm. two hundred fifty favorite films. Like, I would never go out of my way to rewatch it. Oh, I've I, I have several times. <laughs> it's it's like a good comfort. It's not a it's very good, very fun, but, you know, it's of a time. Yeah, I watched it kind of the um, about two weeks before Maverick came out, mm. and it is surprising, like, there's a lot of that film dedicated to the stuff that it's not very good at. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. all of the kind of, like, romance subplot that's paper thin. Oh, it's thin. terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, Not much actual time in the planes in that No, no. But when it's in the planes, it, it's, it's, good. it's good fun, yeah. Same can be said for Top Gun Maverick. Easily one of just... It's, it's got to be one of the best action movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Like, this is as good a film I've seen in, at a, like, especially as this was one of, what, probably for the first time in, like, over two years I'd gone to the cinema. I see, mm-hmm. I saw Tenet, actually, in that time, which was slightly underwhelming. Mm-hmm. But Top Gun Maverick just blew my socks off. It, it's a proper cinema film. And, like, yeah. it's, it's weird to say that in an era where superhero films are the dominant, yeah. like, blockbuster side of things that they feel less cinematic. You know, films about people that can smack people yeah. through buildings is less cinematic than it, a few planes flying around. It's because it all feels so real because they did shoot 99%. Mm-hmm. Of, like, it is all there and it's just But they're shooting things that are unbelievable that they could even have done that. Exactly. It's just... just I have nothing but 
unending respect for this mm-hmm. film. Like, and I did not. I expect. I went into this thinking this might be fun. Came out of it going that is one of the best films I've ever seen. Like, I I was is, genuinely there's a bit in it where I was in tears. Oh, I like, like that last hug. Oh, when that oh, when they basically recreate the ending of. Whew. I think I'd like just started working for IGN when this had come out mm-hmm. and. This is one of the movies that was the like you'd gone to see it before everybody, yeah, and, yeah. and you, you were surprising us by how much how good. I know. It was. I, I didn't want it to be like sometimes you see something, you're like, guys, you are not going to believe how good this is. <laughs> the and it's still sequel to, is. Yeah. And I remember because I saw it what probably two or three weeks before it was out mm. at least, and I was telling people, I can't wait to see this again. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, okay, you're probably mm. just talking shit, and then. Slowly, people started seeing. It and they're like, "Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it is <laughs> well, quite that's good." Yeah. I have since watched it at home, and it's still very good. It's I like, haven't heard from anybody that didn't get on with it. It's just this. There is, you know, is this your like actual film of the year? Yeah, yeah. This is my favorite film mm. of the year. I've made my like top five. This mm-hmm. is, yeah. This all this just beats out everything everywhere all at once for me, uh, and a couple others, which I think uh, two of those I'm actually going to mention later. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick. If you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. I think they have just or they are re-releasing it in IMAX again. Oh, really? <laughs> like oh, this week or I mean, like absolutely. Oh, fair that's not play. a bad Christmas season Treat idea. Yourself. I might. Mm-hmm. This will the, be if you go to the IMAX in uh, Waterloo, you might yeah. see me one Until day. Until I find the time sometime in the next couple of weeks to go see Avatar in IMAX, then you know that could have the same effect to me. I think I'm a I'm an Avatar believer. I've I've always mm-hmm. said it. Never the Cameron never, head. Exactly. Never bet against James Cameron. Um, but yeah. It'd be tough to beat Top Gun, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is good. I tell you what, like when I that opening, you know how it's like the the you know it's not a spoiler to say that the opening of Top Gun Maverick is a recreation yeah, of yeah, the yeah. opening credits of. I don't understand how that made me so emotional. I've got yeah. no <laughs> no attachment. Like, I've, I've said it's just before, a good song. <laughs> yeah, I've said before that like like Top Gun is my dad's favorite film, so I know, I've known of it for you know it was a part yeah, yeah. of my childhood growing up. But I never really super cared for it. I thought like you know there were bits of it that mm. were cool, and I loved like the you know the great balls of fire bit and yeah. stuff like that. But um, for that tune to start playing and it to lift the hairs on the back of my neck and i just loved watching like the recreation of all of those steps yeah. with modern planes on a modern aircraft but then carrier. what it does two-thirds it in is turn into one of the best mission impossible yeah. films yeah. ever <laughs> yeah. oh my god tom cruise for all for all his weirdness and his faults my god can he make a film we're getting a new mission impossible next year so Mm. It's a good time to be alive. I forget up until every Mission Impossible comes out how much I like them. They're so good. They're really yeah, good they movies. Are so, so I rewatched them all this year. Even two has its has its moments. Like, God, I love those films. Anyway, Matt P. Mm-hmm. Second award. Where are we going? Second award is the film that changed the hierarchy of power in the DC universe. <laughs> oh my God, well, it's not going to be. <laughs> Which well, one isn't what, it? What could it be? <laughs> Uh, well, it's not Black Adam. I partially chose this to dunk on Black Adam because I don't think I uh, I got to do that on a <laughs> yeah. podcast. Um, I just think I just need to straight up say that I think Black Adam was terrible. <laughs> um, paper thin, rubbish. The, uh, will not the film be going happy. audience t- apparently agrees with well, the, yeah, how yeah. the box office is going. Yeah, I, I've heard that actually like it's probably is going to break even somehow. I've, but This has been a thing that's been going around the last couple of days where 
uh, I'm not calling the rock out directly. Mm-hmm. I will not win that fight. <laughs> like but um, there was a, a tweet that had said like uh, Black Adam is going to make a profit. Mm-hmm. I was reminded of that scene in Game of Thrones where uh, Joffrey's like, "I'm the king." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're the king, you don't have to say you're the king. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the film's making profit. You don't ever, <laughs> ever mention it. Um, but yeah, but I, the DC film that did come out this year that made it quite obvious where the power in this sort of like comic book mine is, it's Matt Reeves' The Batman. Oh, it's mm. a good film. Uh, I, I, I love it. I've seen it twice now. Um, I've both times. watched it once. I loved it more the second time around yeah. and I loved it a lot when it came out. It is what I was looking for from Batman. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've got a huge amount of appreciation for the Nolan films and think they're very good. But what this felt like was this is kind of almost like the successor to Batman Begins in that Batman Begins was the Nolan one that stuck a bit closer to the vibe of the comics. It was a bit more gothic. It got like proper comic booky bits about it. Um, and this is what this is. It, it's so of a piece with Batman comics. You know, it it does the detective things like maybe not as much as I think like they'd like you to believe. It's not a no. full detective He's not actually film. a good detective. No, it's quite Spanish fun for a, yeah. instance. Yeah. <laughs> Which I almost do think is quite fun because it's like just because you've got lots of money doesn't mean that you are the world's greatest <laughs> detective. But um, it, it takes exactly the right amount that it does and then it turns into a comic book film when it needs to. Um, but I just think from a directorial perspective like like let's put kind of performances and story outside i think matt reeves is a guy that like recognizes how to toe the line of that the nolan style intelligent blockbuster it's got all of the spectacle and the the like the the color palette is right and the the visual kind of majesty of what's going on is all there whilst it runs with a storyline that is a bit deeper, has a bit more to say than what Marvel are doing at the moment. And I think he's found that. This is one thing I think that he did with Planet of the Apes. His Planet of the Apes films are exactly that. Mm. They're intelligent blockbusters that don't think that your audience are a bunch of like people guzzing on popcorn and Pepsi. Like it knows that an audience can come on a deeper kind of more complex journey whilst using characters that are there to punch people in the face. I yeah. like that it reckons, like in, in a smart way, where it like is a it's, it's a consequence of the way that we're thinking about Batman now mm-hmm. as a character that is kind of consequential of the reasons that the struggle of Gotham exists, mm-hmm. right? Like there is that class and wealth divide, yeah. and you could almost say that Batman himself and him not actually paying attention to his own financials yeah. is why, like, if he'd have just donated to the the fund that he was going to the film Mm -hmm. wouldn't happen um but it isn't like overbearing with that Mm -hmm. like it knows that it needs to include that in order for people to take it seriously but isn't actually a movie about it Mm -hmm. like it's just a baddie doing baddie stuff yeah like the riddler's always been my favorite Mm -hmm. batman villain and paul dano's one of my favorite actors that was always gonna work for me i think and yeah he's just so they clip together in the same way that kind of like like heath ledger's joker was like a Mm. like a, a, a unconventional take on that character uh, and they found a way to kind of make it work, still feel very comic book, mm. whilst having an identity that is very unique to the the universe that that director has set up. And I know that now going forward, Matt Reeves has got lots of plans for where he'd like to go. Like it's effectively, whilst I don't think the sequel is actually greenlit, like it's pretty much definitely going forward. There's all of the TV shows and stuff. And 
I think it's so obvious from this film that the the way forward for DC is to make a set of Batman films be that kind of like you maybe maybe we only get that one Batman film maybe there's one sequel but you might also get like a, a back an actual Batgirl film that actually gets filmed that is set within that Gotham and then if they want to do Superman let's just forget that Batman exists and have a Metropolis style set of films mm-hmm. and then you can do some Green Lantern films that clearly I don't is think what... they're ever going to do any Green Lantern films well now we've got the thing is we've got James Gunn like yeah. in charge will, now right and yeah. he's He's weird, right? Like, he likes the weirder side. And I think if I was James Gunn at this point, I'd be like, Matt Reeves, like, Batman is your playground now. You get to make your own sort of stuff over there. And you get to make your Bat Family films while someone else gets to make the Superman films, someone else gets to make Flash. Like, there's there's no point doing the whole Snyderverse-style mm. justice stuff. Because, like, make something that's different and make something that's interesting. And when you can focus on your individual characters rather than trying to build this like godforsaken mess of a like sprawling universe that can only dedicate small amounts of time to each character like i think there's a quite clearly a a, a powerful reason mm-hmm. to chase that uh, on a much more basic level just good batman bill yeah. Very good Batman. Yeah, yeah very oh, good Batman. Good. Like good bat- I love the bat suit in this as well. Mm-hmm. Like I love that collar on the uh Do you love the, the bit where he parachutes off a building and then stacks <laughs> it and then yeah. doesn't mention it to anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm gonna watch that again. It's it's, it's good. Like it's genuinely like I f- I think I was of the opinion when I first saw it that I was like, I think people are gonna love this this year. And I think at some point, like the tide will turn and people will be a bit like, nah, it wasn't anywhere near mm. as good as we thought it was. I've changed my mind on that. I think that this will stand up. I think this will be a bit of a Burton uh, Batman yeah. where people go back to it. I Even think- though it's a thing of its, maybe it will become a thing of its time like the Burton mm-hmm. one was. I still think people will come back I th- to it. I think this sits at number four so far on my films mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. So What's your third then? I'll be, it gets an award later. Oh, oh does it? It does. Also, it reintroduced Zoomers to Nirvana. Yes, so that's, <laughs> that's always good news. That and Succession did it this year. Mm. Yeah. We're not talking about no Succession was last year, was it? No, yes, was it? it was last year. Yeah, mm. it, or maybe it bled into this year. Well, I thought I'd forgotten about Succession from it. I had no, we can't panic. forget about Succession. It's coming. It's coming back. Spring as well. Very soon. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's your second award, Matt? Um, so I have a category, which is. The best film going experience that I had this year. It's not necessarily the best Gun. movie. Yeah, it wasn't. wasn't Top, Top Gun was like third in this because <sighs> I did like, I'd heard how good it was, mm-hmm. you know, early reviews. I went to the first showing that I possibly could, had a beer and I had a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I loved it. Like, it was exactly the, the film going experience that I wanted from that, but it wasn't elevated a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So, the, the runner up to this one. I saw uh, Everything Everywhere mm-hmm. at the Prince Charles Cinema. Shout out to Prince Charles for you. If you visit London, mm-hmm. yeah, an opportunity is the best place to go watch movies. Uh, One of? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where are you going instead? I like oh, you're not House showing Central. preference because they haven't given us any... Uh... No, no, no. Bitch no, <laughs> no, no. Central is, is very like nice. I Don't get me wrong. I like the Prince Charles. Yeah. Um, it's not my favourite screen. But it's a lovely place to see mm-hmm. films. Um, anyway. <laughs> so I went there to watch Everything Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It was like opening weekend and I'm watching the movie and I'm, I'm loving it. And then right behind me um, during the last half hour where it's just like melodrama, like stack mm-hmm. and like every line has it's another extra little bit of meaning yeah. on top mm-hmm. of it. Um, and this woman behind me is bawling her eyes <laughs> out. She is um, like crying for fully like 15 minutes 
And then after a little while, her friend just turns and says, like, are you okay? And she's like, I just, I'm just feeling a lot of things. <laughs> um, and so, that's the runner-up. <laughs> yeah, that's the runner-up, yeah. And so um, the actual winner of this is uh, One Piece Film Red. Of course. Um, <laughs> which I'm not a huge One Piece guy, and I think mm-hmm. that lends to why this was such an important experience mm-hmm. to me. I went to, I had lucky enough to go to the premiere for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh seeing everybody like uh showing up to the movie in cosplay mm-hmm. and then um like certain moments in it where there were characters that were introduced that i don't know who the hell they are mm-hmm. uh there were audible gasps from the audience like that they couldn't believe that they were lucky enough to see them on screen <laughs> uh and there's you know moments of in- intense fighting action and they were like right after they finished somebody shouted out like one piece is the best thing ever and everybody <laughs> clapped and applauded i'm like how how do i top that this year it reminds me of that bit in dot strange when we were, in, were you at that screening no i saw dr strange we oh, it's one of those fan screens where I can't, it was one of the cameos turned up and uh, someone literally just like screamed like they've been stabbed i was about to say the kind of like that reminds me of early mcu films because mm-hmm. like now we're getting to the point now where like the the reveal at the end of dr strange i had no fucking clue who that yeah. character <laughs> was but i can remember at the end going to see thor that was and, fun, yeah. And the very end of Thor, when in the post-credits they open a box and the cosmic cube, well, what we thought was yeah, the cosmic cube Oh, I thought you there. meant Love and Thunder, because we were around no, for that one. No, but no, sure. no, no, no. Uh, but um, the original Thor, when they opened it and the you know the cosmic cube slash Tesseract was in it, I can remember people just being like, holy shit, like, mm-hmm. like this recognizable mm-hmm. thing from Marvel. And there was like a, a dad with his kid in front of me and the kid was like, dad, dad, what is it? And his dad like explaining to him like what the significance of this was. Yeah. And I just don't think I get that so much when I'm watching these films because we're now digging so far down in the Marvel Comics universe yeah. that they're, they're having to find See, things Harry that doesn't... Styles pop up with a goblin. Well, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> kind of like the, you know, the reveal at the end of Thor Love and Thunder, I think, unless you're like really into... Ted Lasso. Well, Ted, I mean, I, well, I imagine people, because I nobody was gasping when I saw that, but I imagine like a lot of people were gasping because it was a dude mm-hmm. from Ted Lasso rather than yeah. who his character in the Marvel universe is. Yeah, it's a weird one. Anyway, like, so was Luffy there? He's yeah. in One Piece, isn't he? Yeah, I've got that right. He's a big guy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> he wasn't at the showing. <laughs> no. That would have been nice. Oh, he didn't even bother. Yeah, yeah couldn't get his own agents, <laughs> you know. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, nice one. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'll move on to my next award. How about that? Me into that? Go on. Uh, this is my award for best mixion. Mixion? My best mix of fiction and reality. Mm. Your my third favourite film of the year. 
No, no, no. Oh, the next character. Oh. My fifth favourite film of the year, though, is The Runner-Up. Oh, okay. Which is Elvis. Elvis? I've not I seen I really, this. really enjoyed Elvis. Mm. Not a Baz Luhrmann guy, so I was very sceptical of this. does go a bit Baz, but it doesn't go as Baz mm. as I thought it would. Um, it barely Bazes. Yeah. <laughs> mix, of, mix of fiction and reality because, you know, it's a bio, yeah. bio pit, but it's taking license. Mm-hmm. Um I just really enjoyed it. Austin Butler as Elvis. That's my performance of the year. I think he's unbelievable. And I'm not a huge Elvis fan, but at the end of that film had me. Like, you know, it's just that thing of like, you know, gone too soon. You know, (laughs) a legend gone too soon. But yeah, I really loved that. But my winner is one of the, it's a TV show and it's one of the things that is so fundamentally hard to explain that we're going to try now. I don't think we properly spoke about it. It's now available, though, in the UK, and it is the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> if you don't know what the rehearsal is, um, if you've ever watched Nathan For You, you might know who Nathan Fielder is. He is a comedian-slash-comedy writer-actor who... Nathan Nathan For You is more of like a... Did he contribute to The Daily Show as well? I'm not sure, to yeah. be quite honest with you. He deals in awkward humour. He's got a very distinct style of speaking. Um, Kind of like me. (laughs) Um, But um, the rehearsal is, so the setup is, like the first episode is a good way to to set it up, is basically take someone who has a real life problem and basically the rehearsal is they want to solve a problem so they put them through, I don't know, 100, 200 different ways of this situation playing out in real life. So you get to rehearse They get to rehearse a tough situation. So the problem this person has in the first episode is they're on a quiz team they do every week, but basically they're afraid to admit that they lied to their teammate years ago. About their that they have, Yeah, that they have a like college degree or a master's. Of masters. Yeah. They don't have a master's, they have a foundation degree. It's something that most people would, you know, this person is obviously quite socially awkward. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would just admit it or would never have lied about it in the first place. Yeah. But um, basically the whole of the first episode is about them going through this scenario a hundred times, like going to the extent of creating a full replica of the bar they have the quiz in, yeah. getting an act, getting actors it's in to play every member of- in uh, yeah. New York where yeah. some IGN editors have told me that this place is somewhere that they go quite a lot. <laughs> Amazing. And- they get actors in to play everyone in the bar, actors to play the friend, get them to talk in the arcade. It's it's uncanny. And that first episode is really good. From the second episode on, it takes a different direction. It kind of goes to that concept. Mm-hmm. And as we move further through the series, it's still like eight episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets odder and odder. The lines between what's real and what isn't. I know you have a theory on mm-hmm. this, Matt, and we're not going to spoil this show. We can. I think we can talk around it quite well. Is knowing is how much of this is playing on the audience. Because if it's all real, there's a lot of debate about this. It becomes one of the cruelest things you'll ever watch. Mm-hmm. But I think me and Matt are on a page that about 90% of this is not actually real. Yeah. And it's very small parts of it are. Uh, so so my theory is that, like, I, I think Nathan Fielder is an incredibly intelligent guy. Yeah. And I think that the rehearsal is an art piece that's mm. about essentially it's a commentary on how cruel reality yeah. tv shows i don't think he's a cruel man no he's no. playing on that mm-hmm. and i think part of it is is like even though like the reason why i say this is a theory is like the, nothing is confirmed in the show the show plays no. it completely straight that it is a reality tv show um i think it's him like almost pointing at members of the audience and going and you thought it was fun to watch this yeah and but so therefore he'd never set it up as if it was real and so my I, but I think there is a certain amount of real in it that I think all of the actors 
are actors that have been hired, but don't necessarily realize that they're going into acted situations with other actors. They might have been yeah. told like you're go- you are the actor in a situation that is real, and but everybody really else is everyone else. It, yeah, yeah, but really, it's kind of like the Kirby Infusion scenario that they. They don't script their episodes. They give the scenarios and then mm-hmm. tell the actors, you know, you improvise in the scenario yeah. and we'll make something But fun. I think in the yeah. rehearsal, everybody thinks that they're with real people, exactly. even Everyone though they are actually it, improv actors. It's, but it's I also truly unique. That itself is also critical. Yes. Like as, as mm. much as we're giving about like what we think is happening and mm-hmm. what isn't, it's a, it's a show that is critical of itself and the messages yeah. that it tries mm-hmm. to send. So even like it's a smarter... Uh, like way of understanding it, yeah. it has a better way of understanding itself than most people that watch it do yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> truly unlike any like I can't it's hard to compare it to anything else Select like, Key New York is the only thing yeah, that's anywhere near that. like that's yeah. like it's whether you like it or not and I know some people are completely turned off by it mm-hmm. like I think you can't deny it is just absolutely engrossing you want to watch something different you, like, yeah. you ever like, thought like everything's a bit the same this like, this ain't there's some moments in that where you're like surely this isn't real and we, i don't want to say it too much and that's but the like, thing is is whilst i've got this theory like i might be completely yeah, off yeah. base like there might genuinely I, I, be I, real situations I'm on the in this. similar page to you i do think yeah i just but i think that's the beauty of it because there's no like so many of these shows they do it and then the last episode would be like the pull behind the curtain and go mm. you thought that you were doing this aren't you bad for kind of like embracing the torture of these poor yeah. people the fact, up's the line of yeah yeah, television. yeah and the reason i'm on your page is because the very final episode of nathan for you kind of runs with this concept it's sure. kind of it must be where he birthed this idea mm-hmm. from it's a similar thing of like a reality yeah mm-hmm. like um is he, is he getting a relationship with a prostitute i think that's right something um, it's been a while <laughs> since i've watched quite a lot of nathan for yeah. you on repeat but i haven't watched the last season for like, a while it definitely rolls with it from there and but it's, it's just, that it's that yeah. thing that the, the the show plays it completely straight and then when i thought it was going to like pull back the curtain it just doesn't it just ends yeah, yeah. and i'm like i love the it's one of the best mysteries of the year has been me picking away at it going, but what's true? What's this? What's that? Yeah. Did he I really crash his Acura at yeah. 100 miles an hour? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's... I, I really, really like it, but at the same time, it's definitely not for everyone. But it's something I... I would give at least two episodes because the first episode deliberately is a, almost a completely different show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the rehearsal check it out i would also that i got to about episode five and i was like i think i'm out on this because mm. it like it got to the point where i was starting to f- really feel like it was staged and then when i got to the next episode i think i started to realize what i think it's <laughs> doing with stage stuff yeah. and then i completely turned back around on it yeah it's unbelievable it's not really i say he's a com- he's a comedian this isn't a laugh out loud program <laughs> There's, it's, it's funny you like in some, very many yeah, ways there's but. some awkward humor in there and then there's but there's some also very real like and even he it's uncomfortable. Like, tries to tackle with what is funny yeah. about it yeah. in the show. They have that long section where yeah. it's like, are the situations funny? Are the people yeah. being like, funny? I just yeah. find him fun. He's the sort of person I can just look at and laugh. He mm. has a very plain face, plain way of speaking. Like, I don't know how... I I can't keep a straight face One for of the, the world best, of me. The like, best tweet. I'll, I'll say it's the best tweet. It's the photo of him saying, I'm just laughing with all my friends. Yeah, They're out yeah, of yeah. shot. <laughs> it's so it's, funny. I, I'm a big fan. So, yeah. Uh, the rehearsal and check out Nathan for you if I haven't. not every episode of that is great but there are some that are very 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 good. yeah 
Oh, oh my god. <laughs> the one the, oh, my favorite one's one where he gets all the people to hike up the mountain for free gas. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's one I watched the I watched it again the other day, the one where he does uh he he he's convinced that he needs to be better with women, so he creates his own version of the bachelor called the hunk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so fucking good. I, uh, I love the um Smokers Aloud, where he uh, has one of the actors just constantly tell him that she loves him mm-hmm. and like, doesn't let her stop. <laughs> if you don't know, if you, he basically just uh. helps struggling businesses, but with mad ideas. And I think it's maybe the first or second episode is the, the pizza one where he says, if we take more, this pizza, it's a ridiculous offer. It's like, <laughs> if I take more than eight minutes to deliver a pizza, you get a free pizza. But it's but a the free, postage yeah, stamp The free pizza. pizza you get is an inch big. <laughs> it's like... The, the, t- there's one guy who genuinely looks like he's gonna kill them. Yeah. No, the first, the very first one he does is the failing ice cream shop. He convinces him to do poo flavored yeah. ice cream because <laughs> controversy uh, sells. Dom Starbucks as well. That's yeah. good. Oh, there's a lot of good stuff. Right, mm-hmm. name a few and the rehearsal. We'll bundle that in. Anyway, we're on to our last round. What have you got last time, Matt? Have you saved the best or last? Uh, not necessarily the best, but again, okay. something I really enjoyed this year. This is the Anti Fash Award. As in anti-fascist or yes. anti-fashion? Anti-fascist. <laughs> okay. um, the boys. Journalists. We don't know anything about fashion. <laughs> yeah. Is that winning? The boys. The boys is There's winning. There's no runner-up. So a- there is Ad- a runner-up. Okay. Is Andor. Oh. Um, which is a... It's a better show than The Boys. Will we admit that? I think. Anyway. I I think so, yes. But I, I think, I think but one's Andor definitely is a bigger... more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where, but The Boys is definitely a it's more, more obvious uh, middle yeah. finger to Yeah, I, I had yeah. a lot more fun with The Boys, and I think yeah. I would probably rewatch The Boys over Andor. Mm-hmm. But I think Andor is very important for finally actually like digging to the root of Star Wars mm-hmm. many, many years on. Yeah. Um, but you obviously... just love having fun with The Boys, going out with the yeah. lads. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's you. Um but yeah, Andor is the runner-up. Um, very, very obviously, very good. Actually, pointing out what the Empire is and the mm-hmm. the but state of the it's Empire. It's a show about the banality of evil. Yeah, where mm-hmm. shows really kind of haven't done that before. Mm-hmm. So. Whereas the boys is weirdly kind of like the spectacle of evil, but how people have been enraptured by that spectacle. It's so interesting that it came out about we're probably going to get a little political here if you, you know so that's the give, point give that's us, why the award is the anti-fascist yeah. give, award. Us, give us some space <laughs> to be able to maybe work some stuff out here mm-hmm. but it's like i think it's interesting that the boys came out like in the wake of the trump pre- presidency mm-hmm. yeah. so it wasn't like it was kind of a one-to-one of the comics which were you know critical of the government but not, you know yeah. abstractly in the way mm-hmm. that it was like kind of post iraq war or like during whatever um, but like as uh, like the Homelander Trump analog stuff happened for the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. it's been growing more and more to this yeah. one where they literally do the Trump tweet of him like um, I could shoot a guy. No, it was the um, the one the deep cut Trump tweet that I love is the it's him at Trump Tower and he's eating a taco bowl mm-hmm. and then the he says uh, we serve the best taco bowls at Trump Tower I love Hispanics yeah. and they literally do that in the <laughs> show yeah. it's, like, yeah. uh, it's yeah. inescapable at that point what that he's time, an analog what a time in <laughs> yeah. but they do you know kind of like it's not plot spoilers but at the very end of this show they do the whole thing like I could shoot someone and you'd all yeah. cheer well, you, and they have Homelander you like, the show you've seen the gif of him just smiling yeah, at people yeah, yeah. But just that whole thing of like watching Homelander like like blow a person to smithereens with his laser eyes, and then mm. a bunch of people, you know, 
who honestly, like in any other time, would be just good, decent, normal people that have become enraptured by the spectacle of mm-hmm. evil that don't realize it. And they're just applauding him. Mm. And it's like, it just, I think it's such a good demonstration of how like society can slip because mm-hmm. they are, you know, enthralled by the power yeah. of, and uh, you know, the draw of something I think, like that. I mean, Under. the best thing about this program, apart from uh, your long-awaited look at Hero Gazem, of course, <laughs> is... Um, kind of underwhelming Hero Gazem, yeah, actually. I, yeah. They were like really bigging it up. Mm. And don't get me wrong. There's some stuff. I've read the comics too, so I I knew how big a deal Hero Gasm was. It's Uh, not really. But I think the funniest thing is just all of the people not understanding what they've been watching for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Going, they've gone all they've gone all woke. It's like yeah. what? What? <laughs> what have you been watching for three years? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Very uh, funny. Yeah, I, and you know, along all this, again, it's that whole thing that we've you know discussed for a lot of films. Um, it 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 really balances obviously at stage 11 rather than like a more subtle stage but it balances just being a really good superhero piece that's just good and fun and has people flying around and blowing each other off especially when all the marvel shows this year have been quite underwhelming yeah like moon knight had promise flopped it i think yeah she hulk i was never quite it had had moments but i was never quite on board with she hulk Mm -hmm. Uh, miss marvel to be fair was quite good I thought the first two episodes of Miss Marvel were good, and then yeah. I found that it. I really like the last one. Yeah, yeah. But um, the boys does stand above all those, I think, quite yeah. easily. Yeah, and kind of like you know the soldier boy as a character. This kind of like you know he comes in as what is essentially their analog for Captain America. I love that he's an eighty-year-old man in a twenty-year-old's yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Right, it's so funny. He's got such like they properly do. You know, Steve Rogers. As a, as a character gets to be kind of the hero because the values that they pull with him are the honorable American values of the 40, you know, kind of like he, he looks after his neighbor, he respects like everybody around him. He, he's a good man. And Soldier Boy is very much just like the actual boomer style kind mm. of uh, idea of like self-entitlement and kind of like grandiosity and this is how we do things. Um, and like, yeah, you can't get therapy because you yeah. need to actually like yeah. you know who mm-hmm. who just you know pay somebody to talk about their problems. You need mm-hmm. to just yeah face what you're doing head on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good show. Like, like, like I I just I think I think season three is the best that that it's been. I think it's a show that gets better with each season as it becomes mm-hmm. more confident with what it wants to take pops at, but also those characters become deeper and become more like his relationship with Starlight all the way through that show, you know, kind of like our, our, our woman lead in the show and how he kind of manipulates her and all of that. It's just straight up like, here is the shit that women have to go through all the time. And we're just going to, it's even at this point, it's not even heightening it. It's just putting like a gold coat on it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's really good. Yeah, I really like the show. Now I was very lukewarm on series, uh, season one. Mm-hmm. Season two, I liked quite a bit. And then three, yeah, I really like. So yeah, it's just getting better. The, Very good. The, the Pepsi ad as well they do with A Train in this. That's it's like so just, good. Oh, the Kendall Jenner, like, yeah, Pepsi, oh, and the uh, Kimiko uh, musical sequence that was good as yeah. well. Yeah, a lot like, of good moments. I was going to mention this as well. Like I've heard people say that it like equally skewers the left and the right, but the things that it's skewering mm. on the left are this like uh, this fake like mm-hmm. um, like small token gestures yeah. to like oh we're progressive but we're still a massive company and yeah, we're yeah. like mm-hmm. actually just doing you know whatever the mm-hmm. like tide is going yeah it's distinctly an anti-right show mm-hmm. uh but like is yeah it knows where kind of like the failings it of the doesn't like are. the like gestural politics mm-hmm. yeah. which i think is really mm-hmm. interesting for this show i do mm-hmm. very good 
Before you go to your last one, I've got some mm. breaking entertainment news from Ooh. Deadline. Really? What, yeah. What's going on? Amazon. Mike Flanagan is is doing the Dark Tower. Oh is wow, he? that'll be fun. Mm. Dark Tower. I've never. It's actually, a tough. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's I've a never beast. read the the Dark Tower, but I know you know a reasonable amount about yeah. it, and like it does seem like a nightmare to adapt. Yeah. But if anyone's going to do it, saying yeah. that I still haven't watched the Midnight Club, and I probably won't. I'm sad it's about it. Cancelled now, hasn't it? Know, so. yeah. Oh well, there we go. Some live entertainment breaking news. That's the sort of things we bring. And you can tell how long ago down to the wire. Exactly, you can tell how long ago we were. When is this episode, this episode coming out? About a week after. Uh, yeah, been yeah, about a week and a bit. Um, what have we got next, Matt? Is your last award? Of course, since I'm on the show, anime. Yeah, um, we've already had one with bloody one. We piece. had one. Yeah, so two piece, two piece meal. I'm not recommending <laughs> the uh, the best anime. Mm. I'm recommending the most anime. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, this has got a this has got a runner up, but I'm also going to tell you what my last year's one well, okay. w- was because uh, it'll well, you g- here. It's fine. it'll give some context to the the, the number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the number two this year is a show called Akiba Maid War, which is <laughs> maids as in yeah, maids maids yep. yeah as in like you know dressed mm-hmm. up as French maids mm-hmm. like uh, maids that work at maid cafes. cafes yeah, um, I was going to say is this Japanese. But the it's a juxtaposition of stereotypical Yakuza stories, <laughs> but it's maids that are doing it. So they've mm-hmm. got their turf and their territory, mm-hmm. and there are like brutal killings, and um, you know there there is the like hierarchy of like we're all owned by some group, and you've got to show allegiance to them. Mm-hmm. It's like this very funny, silly way of juxtaposing these two ideas. I'm like, it's the most. It's the most anime thing possible. It's, is it actually, you know, is it actually it's good? good? It's genuinely good, yes. Okay. I do recommend it highly. Okay. It's not my favourite this year, yeah. um, which is not Chainsaw Man, surprisingly, uh, mm. for anybody. What was oh, your yeah. favourite anime this year? It's uh, probably Mob Psycho 3. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's still a continuation of one of the best shows that's ever been made. Um, but the most cool. anime of last year okay, we're going back. was The Queen's Gambit, which you might know <laughs> is not an animated show. No, no, no. It was just a... <laughs> narrative that was told in a particularly anime style like if you, you could <laughs> imagine chance. a show that was exactly the same script but animated and it wouldn't feel out of place like it, it has no, genre yeah, traits of old beyblade yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I do get what you mean like obviously i am by no means mm-hmm. an anime expert in the slightest it's um, a sports story which i like know is grand popular. championship yeah. at mm-hmm. the end and it's got a Pokemon prodigy gyms. genius She's it is it's <laughs> Pokemon but with chess. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of because like it's in Azuma Eleven is like a, football. Yeah. yeah Actually, yeah. importantly, the actual winner for this one mm. is the World Cup this year. Is the most anime <laughs> thing. <laughs> okay. There go. Because uh, Japan's showing in the World Cup has yeah. been absolutely amazing. Congratulations, <laughs> lads. Uh, they beat Germany, which yep. is what happened in Captain Subasa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and the ball out moment against Spain is. Just mm-hmm. it's anime. Like there's no, there's nothing quite like the it. The FIFA World Cup has won an award, and yeah. it wasn't me who picked it. <laughs> who saw that coming? <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I, me and Joe did like a let's play of the Captain Subasa game about two, three years ago. Two good. three years ago. I re- we had a bit of fun, but I haven't played it since. The very first video game I reviewed professionally was in Azuma Eleven. What? <laughs> <laughs> I would never pick a. You don't really like anime, and b. You don't like football. Exactly. How did you? Tackle that. I don't know. Guess what GameSpot assigned me to was do. It good? I was it like, okay, um, I think I gave it a six. Mm. So it was, it was okay then. There we go. 
Anything else you want to say about the World Cup? Uh, been enjoying it. Yeah. I'm not really. The football's good uh, if you ignore the human rights abuses, which I always do. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! After about the boys, we've yeah. taken a turn. Um, right, my last award. It's the one where uh, the pretentious person inside me comes out. <laughs> I have to do it. I have to do it every year. It's the maybe you didn't want to read the subtitles award, and it is my award for best foreign language thing I've seen this year. Mm. Um, I haven't seen RRR yet, so that could that could absolutely shoot to the top. But my, I've got some runners up. I, I mentioned Speak No Evil before. I think on our horror one, it's a Danish slash Dutch horrible horror film. <laughs> really uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, uh, watch that if you want one of the more uncomfortable horror films you'll see this year. My runner up is The Worst Person in the World, which came out this year in the UK. Um, it's also Danish production, isn't Norwegian, it? Norwegian, right. different Scandi. Um, I didn't follows... realise that that was foreign language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in Norwegian. Um, follows a young woman in her, what, must be early 20s. Follows a few years of her life through some relationships, career problems. It's it is fun. It has levity, but it is also quite a, quite an emotional watch. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's one. A very good film, but yeah. Not necessarily a laugh. But my winner... Da, 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 da. Park Chan-wook is back, baby. Oh, decision Not to that leave. he ever left. Decision to leave is an absolute banger. So by the time this episode comes out, I yeah. will have watched it because it's going to be on uh, digital streaming. But I yeah, it's on yet. Mubi this Friday if Ooh. you have Mubi. I bloody love Park Chan-wook. Yeah. Mm. I, it's not his best. Like I think Old Boy's still better. The Handmaiden is his best, I think. Um, this isn't quite handmaiden levels. Right. It's not as horny as the handmaiden, I may add. Yeah, I didn't really it. know what I was getting in for when I watched handmaiden. Oh, it's it's incredible! It's an incredible thriller, but mm. my god, is it horny? Um, have you watched it, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you watched it, isn't it? <laughs> um, decision to leave is a romantic crime thriller. The way I'd put it is a sophisticated basic instinct. Okay. So it's not it's not an erotic thriller. No, no, it's no, it's mm-hmm. not it's not really a horny film. It's sure. it's much more of a it's about desire and mm-hmm. love and sadness. It's sure. not it's not yeah it's not a horny film. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the core concept of this film it's Korean by the way. If you didn't know, Park Chan Wook is a Korean filmmaker. Um, it is about a police detective who's an insomniac doing a case. One day, he just finds a dead body at the bottom of a mountain with mountain climbing gear on. Is it an accident? Is there more? Is there foul play at work? Um, they bring in the wife. Is this it is a, all in the first five, ten minutes. Is it a Barry from EastEnders situation? <laughs> <laughs> they um, bring in the wife, who they initially suspect, but he starts warming to her, which is where kind of the basic right. instinct comes. It is one of the most beautifully shot films I've ever seen. Like, you were talking about interesting camera placement. Mm-hmm. There's one shot early in the film where it's, the lens is behind the lens of the dead person's eye as they're looking okay. up at the mountain. You see the detective and you see a fly like scuttle across the eye. There's some really incredible shots of just like putting the camera in interesting places, mm-hmm. like like in fences when like light bounces off, like to shoot a fight through a fence. Like it is, it's just a beautiful film. And like, it's obviously not going to say where the plot goes, but it's, it's a really beautiful film. He's always he's always had an eye for that. Like even Old oh, yeah. Boy, which is such a, a gross, shot. disgusting sort of like particularly the first part mm-hmm. of it in that hotel that's the grimiest yeah, fucking yeah, place yeah. in the world. He's got such an eye for for picking out kind of like he's mm-hmm. he's framing of things that 
is very good at highlighting the emotion within each of his characters. Exactly. And he loves a... It's always forbidden love. It's kind of... Especially when you're referring he's, to old he, he boy. He did Stoker like, as well, right? Yes. Which has got a lot of... Oh, no. Was that his English language, like, debut? Maybe, yep. Um... He just he he's really good at yeah those complicated relationships. I was going to say forbidden love. If you've seen Old Boy, that's kind of dodgy ground to call that. He did. Do that, Stoker. That. He, he did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just complex emotional. Be it's like the subject's about desire really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's two hours ten minutes, so it's not overly it's long. Normal film. Yeah, it's a decent normal film length. It's got a good pace to it. It's got really incredible performances from two. Korean actors, I haven't seen anything else, but yeah, Decision to Leave by Park Chan-wook. Get that in you if you want a really beautiful, but also really good like puzzle box of a crime mm-hmm. mystery, but also, yeah, if you also, you know, want a bit of sadness in you, which I tend to like. Well, <laughs> oh, can't avoid even. Um, so yeah, hope that some good recommendations there, I think. We all happy? Uh, no, I'm sad now. Yeah, <laughs> no. You haven't even seen down. Decision to Leave yeah. yet. So, mm, just means we have to wait another f- probably four years for a part channel film. Oh, well. He's uh, excited to learn about the uh, Bong Joon Ho movie that's going to come out in like yeah, 2024 mm-hmm. with Robert Pattinson in yeah. it. Was it Mickey, Mickey 17? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that source material. I know it's. Uh, no. I love the idea that there is now a uh, Western release like pipeline. Of you do a big superhero movie and then you go work with Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, so if you're into it, well, Korea, uh, it's about Korean film, I particularly. I don't know what it is. It's just, some, I don't know if it's the way they merge genre so yeah, often. Yeah, it's that it's like the, yeah, the it's, host is one of the, it's got the funniest, saddest scene, yeah. which is the, like, the funeral one. Yeah. They just, like, the, there is a style of filmmaking which is that, like, a scene can be multiple things yeah. at once. It exactly. It's yeah. the, the mo- obviously the most obvious example is Parasite, which has basically every genre of film in two hours. And, mm-hmm. But even, yeah. like, when you look at uh, something like Squid Game, which yeah. obviously, you know, I think it is less experimental, but still has lots of, like, it's bridging between mm-hmm. all sorts of, like, you know, environmental tragedy and like just bizarre sci-fi to a certain yeah. degree yeah i finally Good. saw um memories of murder this year as well mm-hmm. which is fantastic yeah if you get, get an opportunity Log check it out film. there we go that's if that's the takeaway you have from this uh episode get some korean film in your life there we go um this was the altern we call it alternate or alternative alternative Al- yeah uh Film and TV Awards 2022. What a joy. What an absolute joy. I wonder what will be popping up this time next year. We just don't know, do we? Probably Succession. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. It'll so- win all the usual awards. This is this is the alternatives. <laughs> we do need some music. Is anyone going to deny us having some Top Gun? No, not at no. all. There we go. Well, I don't know which one from Top Gun yet. There's so many choices, but I'll pick one. Goodbye.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.